What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today on the show, we're setting a primer for everything the Dolphins have at their disposal this offseason. The Dolphins still have two games left to play in the regular season, but knowing what they have to work with is going to be important for us to build the blueprints needed for the Dolphins to be able to take the next step as a football team. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good on Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. We're trying a little something different for those of you on the YouTube channel with the video set up today, so don't mind me. Uh, today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of being in the NFL GM and managing your football franchise? When that's the case, this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked on all caps in the game. And I will definitely be recommending anybody who loves mobile games and football and strategy to check out that game. And and that's kind of why we are where we are right here on the show today, uh, because we are looking at strategy for the off season and understanding and painting the appropriate picture of where the dolphins are, uh, where the dolphins can go setting expectations for uh, the hurdles ahead and going from there. So, um, Let's start with this. Uh, the Dolphins play in Foxborough against the New England Patriots on Sunday. And if the Dolphins win and the Jets lose, the Dolphins will be punching their ticket to the playoffs. If it happens, great. It's going to happen. But uh, the Dolphins are in the midst of a four-game losing streak. We currently do not know the status of quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who was placed in concussion protocol after Monday, um, discussing with team physicians some concussion symptoms. Uh, and then upon review, obviously there's this play at the end of the first half. Uh, and then Dr. Alan Sills comes out and says, you know, upon further review of the game footage, there was nothing that would have triggered any kind of response from concussion protocol. And again, we talked about it at length yesterday. I'm not a concussion specialist. I'm not a hand injury specialist. I, I cannot go down that rabbit hole. And everybody has a lot of opinions. And I'll say this. Tua Tagovailoa has the right to decide what's best for him and his future and his family and his playing career. Whatever he decides to do when that time comes, great. But in the meantime, I'm going to talk about the things that I can talk about. And that includes uh, kind of where the Dolphins have stacked themselves up from an assets perspective. And before we talk about assets, I think it is important to remember that player development is not always linear. And the Dolphins are a team that has a, a, a nucleus that is populated with a lot of young players that are going to continue to become better football players over the next couple of seasons. That, I think, is your biggest area for growth within the margins for what the Dolphins are primed to do. Now, they still need to go find some players at the end of the day. And they have some some picks at their disposal uh, that, that are going to be helpful in figuring that out. But right now it's not pretty because if you stack the Dolphins up against the rest of the league 
on the website tankathon.com. And it illustrates what picks belong to what teams, and it illustrates the current draft order as indicated by the strength of schedule across the NFL. Here's what I can tell you. The Dolphins currently own picks 54, picks 86, and presumably pick 70 or 76 from the New England Patriots. Three top 100 picks, none in the top 50. You can live with that. But then a couple of late day three picks as well. If you were to use the trade value chart that we, that teams use and have historically used different versions of to measure how much draft capital you own, uh, the Dolphins are dead last in the NFL in existing current draft capital for 2023. I don't know that that's a bad thing. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that that's a bad thing because I think about what this team needs. This team has a young nucleus. This team has players on rookie contracts. This team has talent. I think there's some underperforming areas of the team. I think there's some injuries that have negatively hindered the team. But the Dolphins, they're 439.7 points in accordance to Tankathon and the chart that they choose to use. And there's a bunch of different charts, the value draft picks at different values. Um, 32nd in the NFL, very closely behind the San Francisco 49ers. Here's the good news. You can take picks 54, 76, and 86 as currently projected by Tankathon for the Dolphins' three day two picks. You could piece all those together and you could go up and make a splash and get one, one player in the first round and get into the first round if you felt it was necessary for one player. You could take one, two, or all three of those players and trade them for existing NFL veterans at marginalized positions. And I, I emphasize marginalized positions because when I think about the Dolphins roster, I think about this. A lot of their primary soft spots Areas of improvement, running back, tight end, left guard, linebacker, safety. You need some corners as well, unless we're going to change the scheme, which I'm probably going to end up advocating for when we're, we're finished collecting all the information between now and the end of the season. Those are all positions that the league has historically not coveted at premier price including tight end. And you're starting to see the uptick in the tight end position from a financials perspective, for sure. But those position groups being non-premium positions gives the Dolphins an inside track where you can go out and you can land a quality starter on an existing NFL contract at a non-premium position for a non-first-round pick. Now, you're going to have to strategize the right people. And I'm not sitting here saying trade 54, trade 76, trade 86, and don't look back and go out and get a bunch more NFL players because you also have to balance the salary cap component into this. And then there's also the layer of what can the Dolphins get for players on the roster? Well, do the Dolphins have an opportunity to, to trade players on, on contract years? We're going to talk about what remains 
for the Miami Dolphins from a um, upcoming free agent class next here on the show. But before we do, do need to tell everybody once again about our friends over at Pro Football GM. This game, <laughs> it's a blast. And it's it's right up the alley of what we're doing here today on the show. Uh, they're our new partner and sponsor for today's episode, the mobile football game, Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own franchise, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating through your franchise with free agency in the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about here today is the stuff that you actually actively have to do in a game. It's cool. Locked On Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, so make sure to check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your franchise today. So the Dolphins, from a salary cap space perspective, we've talked about they, they have three day two selections. That is not a bad number of day two selections. But between trading players currently on the roster or trading those draft selections for players not on the roster or using them to trade up in the draft, uh, the Dolphins will have flexibility. But I would not be surprised if they do work to manufacture some additional cap space unless they are just going to punt on the class altogether. And that goes down another rabbit hole about, you know, what the quality of this year's draft class is. I'll say this, the Dolphins picked another good year to not have a first round pick. I definitely think that there is, there has to be some strategy with the decisions to invest draft picks in places when like this draft class, obviously we, we, we do the evaluations for the draft network, which is, uh, draft network up here um and we we love player valuation but we we just went through and stacked the board we're getting ready to bring back our mock draft simulator uh we're in beta testing now uh it, it came down when we made a website change right at the uh the draft last year and we, we recoded it and what that is is you pick your team you go in uh everything else around you is is simulated um, teams pick for needs. There's team tendencies that are in there. And we it runs off a board that we set on the back end that lists the players in a predictive order in which we think they're going to come off the board. And then the, the algorithm decides to pull, okay, this team has needs at this position. In this position, this is the top-ranked player at their top need. 90% of the time, and this is a hypothetical number, don't give away how the sausage is made, uh, pick that player, right? So um, we just, like, literally yesterday did the predictive board for it. And we stacked it up, and we got to about six, six players. And we said, man, like, don't really feel that good about putting any of these guys at number seven. And then you have to fill the board, so you get over it, and you start stacking again, and then you get to 20. You're like, man, I really don't feel good about any of these guys getting stacked on the board this high. So for Miami, like they don't pick till 54. 
And I think appropriate, like good value in this class, again, is going to come late on day two. And some of that's impacted because the, the college eligibility, they granted the, the college kids the extra COVID year. Uh, so everybody got a free year, not a free year. Everybody had an additional year of college football eligibility. So you got seniors who played four-year starters that could be five-year starters if they wanted to and didn't have to leave and go to the pros. And like that's it still created this bottleneck in the draft where better prospects are available later in the draft. But if you look at the early portions of this draft for the second consecutive year, I get to eight, I get to 20, and I get to 30. And I'm like, man, like these are my options. This kind of stinks. So I, I say that to kind of paint the picture for the draft order. Um, but as, as far as free agency, the Dolphins are currently projected to be 26th in the NFL in salary cap space. Uh, they have 200 and... million in commitments as things currently stand amongst their top 51 players on the team. Don't let that number freak you out, though. This can change very rapidly, and I expect that it will. Uh, The Dolphins are not a team that has tapped into any significant amount of void year uh, strategy. They have a couple players. Void years are years in which a player is accountable for salary cap space on the roster, but is not actively on the roster. Now, there's a whole layer of manipulation that can be can be conducted with that. Um, from a dead cap perspective, uh, in 2023, uh, it, it's a blank slate. They're they're really in good shape. Um, we have a little bit of dead money for Verone McKinley for initially cutting him after signing him as UDFA. If Chase Edmonds, $600,000 in dead cap space. Um, Cameron Good as a draft pick that you cut uh, when he did make the active roster, $85,000 in dead cap space. Everything else was very marginal. So there's, there's, you're not wasting any money on dead cap. And that in itself is a huge win. And now the strategy is, okay, like what percentage of your cap are you comfortable taking in dead cap space? What percentage of your cap are, are you looking to manipulate with players that are going to be here? What players are you comfortable parting ways with? And I'm going to be honest, there's there's going to be some guys that are probably going to have the axe dropped on. Uh, but I don't see very many pathway, or I don't see very many restrictions from the Dolphins getting to a very competitive amount of salary cap space that they can then strategize. And if they are going to be one of these teams that now that they are definitively in the winning window, they want to embrace void you. They signed Eric Fisher. And they signed Eric Fisher to a one-year, $3 million contract. This is the first time I've really seen the Dolphins dive into void cap. One year, $3 million. He's an expiring contract at the end of the year. And the Dolphins are responsible for $848,000 of the money this year. $2.1 million for 2023. And then $5.37,000, $537,000 in 2024, 2025, and 2026. So what they have done is they have created a runway of absorbing one year in dollar spending. 
the player's no longer under contract. It's like you're, you're automatically signing yourself up for dead cap. And they're putting it into the contract. That's new. Usually it's always been just you signed a contract. There's non-guaranteed money in there. There's guaranteed money in there. If you're gone before the end of, of the guaranteed money, it becomes void. But here's, here's what you can do. And this is what's really interesting. If the Dolphins get to this offseason and they re-sign Eric Fisher, they can redistribute the void years as is currently stated. And in some cases, you can even save money. So if the, if the Dolphins re-signed Fisher, hypothetically, to another $3 million deal, and they took the 2.1 that he's on the books for, you can actually reduce that number and then put the player back on the roster and save money, right? So that is one way for the Dolphins to, to kind of work around their um, salary cap restrictions, but this is also going to be accomplished with cuts, and this is also going to be accomplished with restructures. So I think that that's important to emphasize here. Um, now, Miami will have an opportunity to carry over some draft space, cap space as well, uh, and that will move the needle. That will definitely help the Dolphins in their efforts as well. But we are going to set the table here just quickly, briefly, with a couple of names that I look at, and I'm going to be evaluating more closely here towards the end of the year, just understanding that these are players that um, – Miami could or could not have a future with uh, based on their financial ramifications. That's up next here on Locked on Dolphins. But before we get there, today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we know you're going to love. That's why you can find an episode of The League available as a bonus episode on Locked on NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman, and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. The Look is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport. Pro football. Our bonus episode is called The Waved Cowboy. and is an incredible story of how the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defensive martial arts, ushering in a new approach to the way the league is trained. Each story equals uh, equal parts of history, entertainment, and social commentary. So head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts. Available now, Audible, get in the game. Here are expiring contracts for the Dolphins. I think we start there and understand that well, any of these players you bring back are going to have to toll into where the Dolphins currently salary cap space sits. They're currently 26th in the NFL in salary cap space. We can make a lot of, of room happen with a lot of different strategies, and I, I don't think the Dolphins will be hurting with any of these. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson at uh, running back. Savan Ahmed is a restricted free agent. Uh, Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft are expiring contracts at wide receiver. Uh, Mike Gusecki and Adam Shaheen at tight end. Michael Dieter, Greg Little, Brandon Shell at offense. Uh, also, Eric Fisher with the void years uh, on your offensive line. 
Uh, defensive line, Trey Flowers, John Jenkins, Justin Zimmer, Melvin Ingram, Duke Riley, Elena Roberts, Andrew Van Ginkle, Sam McGuavin at linebacker, Eric Rowe, Nick Needham, Justin Bethel, uh, Clayton Fejtelum at defensive back, and then Thomas Morstead at punter. So here's the thing that, that, that really jumps to me. The nucleus is really in place, right? You got to figure out the running back room, which we said. Trent Sherfield's one to watch. Are you just going to choose to elevate Eric Ezukanma? Or are you going to bring Trent Sherfield back? Um, Gasecki and Shaheen, we're going to have to rebuild the tight end room. We knew that. Uh, right tackle position is, are you going to just give it back to Austin Jackson? If you are, that spot is taken care of, and then you need depth up front. So offensively, you're looking at tight end, running back, offensive line depth. Not really a surprise. And then, of course, there's the whole big magical question right now with Tua Tungabaloa and all the calls for him to walk away from the game. And he's, Tua's going to play this year if and when he's cleared. From there, we're going to play the wait-and-see game. Trying to strategize some, and it's not its not me wishing that Tua Tungabaloa goes away. As I said this yesterday, I think you can win games with Tua Tungabaloa. He's got a very unique skill set. The teams have are pressed in unique ways to play. But we I got to let the dust settle on that before I'm, I talk about that at all. You know, we're, he's under contract. We're operating in the assumption that he's here. But I think the Dolphins are going to need somebody else, uh, somebody better than Teddy Bridgewater to come in. Um, and, and we'll see what how Teddy plays if he plays against the Patriots. You know, that's a big evaluation window for what, what kind of caliber of a quarterback you need. So offensively, you're looking at running back, tight end, offensive line depth. You need defensive line depth. Uh, remake the linebacker room in its entirety. And then your nickel corner safety depth. Um, here's what I can tell you. You can definitely manufacture some space by cutting <laughs> Jason Sanders. Uh, getting a new kicker under contract. I think that's something that at this point is probably in play for Miami. There's there's little doubt there. Uh, let me make sure I get my numbers right here. The Dolphins uh, can part ways with Jason Sanders this offseason and incur zero dead cap space. Zero dead cap space. So if the Dolphins waive Jason Sanders, they say $4 million against the salary cap. I'd expect that to happen. Take that money, just give it right to Thomas Morstead, and let's go find a kicker. <laughs> um, so that's four. I would expect there's going to be some, some contract restructures that are in play. Um, I don't see anybody that I would necessarily advocate for giving a restructure to in the secondary. We do, do need to figure out uh, financially from the state of Byron Jones. If you were able to trade him pre, you could, it's, it's actually the same either way. You could trade or release him pre June 1st and save $4 million. Now you're going to eat $14 million in cap space because you restructured his contract last year. That hurts a little bit. It is what it is. Uh, if you, if you do it after June 1st, you can save $14 million against the cap, take a $4.8 million dead cap hit this year and a $10 million dead cap hit in 2024. That's probably preferable. I just don't know that the timeline is going to line up that way if the Dolphins choose to move on. 
you could probably move him and trade him if we're being honest because his cash is two years and $14 million in each of the next two years. You could probably get a late draft pick for him. If the financials were better, you could probably get a better pick. But he's going to be coming off, turning a turn in 30, not playing all season, Achilles injury. That ability to, to sell that as a trade to another team is, is probably unlikely, if we're being honest. Another player that I kind of have soft circled that I, I'm, I like this player. I really do. But if I'm asking myself if the cap hit and the contract uh, aligns with the production on the field, Jerome Baker, the next two years is 12 and a half and $15 million in cap space. Now Miami can, they, they've already restructured this contract once, um, but they can transition away from Jerome and, and potentially save up to $9 million this year, depending on if it's pre or post June 1st. They could transition away uh, pre-June 1st, either trade or cut because they restructured the contract and save $4 million and take a $8.5 million dead cap hit. And again, that's why I made sure to, to make the point of emphasis, the Dolphins have effectively zero in dead cap right now. So having some is acceptable. It's kind of a, a, an accepted part of the process. But if you go pre-June 1st and you cut Jason Sanders Try to trade Byron Jones for what you can get. You could get a trade partner for Jerome Baker. There's $12 million in cap space right there. Remember, Christian Wilkins, he's on the books for 10-7. He's going to get a contract extension. That number's going to be smaller. I would expect it's probably two-thirds of that. I would guess after the contract extension, Christian Wilkins is on the book for $6 million next year. And he gets a big payday, and he's probably going to average $20 million per. And we're all going to sit here and we're going to say, how can the Dolphins afford to do this? But it's 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 credit lines. It's not cash, right? And between void years and salary cap, there's enough ways to extend out your credit lines to get the cash out early and manipulate it and then tweak it. Whether it's a credit transfer from one credit account to another credit account. So just it's like when you get the credit card limit or you get the bill, it says, oh, I put 10K on my credit card. I'm not going to be able to pay that. And then you look down and your minimum payment is uh, $123.78. Oh, okay, I can do that, right? So Christian Wilkins, I, I'd expect that's another $4.5 million. So now potentially you're up to $16 million. From an offensive line perspective, I probably would not be adverse to restructuring Tron Armstead. Well, Teron Armstead, right now, he's on the books for 23, 24, 25, 26. His big cap hit is this year. He's got a big-time roster bonus. I'd probably convert the roster bonus to a signing bonus, kick that out throughout the course of the rest of the contract. It's, it's a $9 million roster bonus. Uh, convert a little bit of his base salary. He's earned, the, he's earned our trust. He's playing his rear end off. He's an incredibly valuable player. I'd restructure Toronto Armstead the first day I have the chance to for 2023. Take a third of his base salary out, make it $12 million, give him a full restructure, take the full roster bonus, make it a signing bonus. So that $12 million, you spread that out over four years, and instead of $12 million in allocations, 
He's under contract 23, 24, 25, 26, 12 divided by three is three. You give it to him as a signing bonus. Uh, you're, you're taking $9 million off his cap hit. Now he's on the books instead of 21, he's on the books for 12. Boom, you got $9 million to work with. So now you're 25. We haven't even touched Tyreek Hill. His big money year. Well, one of his big money years, I should say. He's on the he's on the books this year with the contract that Dolphins gave him like $120 million for over four years. His salary cap space this year is, was six million, six and a half. He's got a $10 million roster bonus and a $16 million base salary. Do the same thing. Take the whole thing, make it a new signing bonus. Tyreek Hill's gonna be here. He's 28 years old. Shoot, take six million of his base salary and his roster bonus of, of 10 million, and it's 16. And he's under contract for 23, 24, 25, 26. Take the 16, make it signing bonus. Prorate it all the way out. Now, instead of a $31.5 million dead cap hit, you've you've cleaned up um another 12 million out of that. So now he's on the books for 19. You just create another $12 million in cap space. They'll have plenty of flexibility. They're going to make it be able to make some noise. They'll be able to get plenty of players extend under contract. You know, that anything from from bringing in a a big time impact player. There's nothing the Dolphins aren't going to be able to do. And I thought it was important for us to have this conversation here and now because a, I don't really feel like talking all that much about the Patriots game uh, until we get a little bit more information. But change is probably a coming. There's going to be some some upheaval. There's going to be some aggressiveness, and I think that's a good thing because again, they did the band they did the band aid thing. They ripped everything off. They've established the nucleus of the team. The nucleus is strong. Now from here, it's identifying the right players to restructure with the right kind of volume to give you some some breathing room. And it's stripping away players that probably you know, aren't a part of the vision moving forward from here, whatever they may be. And then there's probably going to be some coaching changes. We'll talk about it all. You're on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Fins up. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk with you all again tomorrow. Hit subscribe. Make sure you follow along with the ride. We are your team every day here on the Locked on Network.